1: everybody. Welcome to the Roto-World Football Show. It is conference championship weekend. I am Patrick Darty, joined by Denny Carter, by Kyle Dvorakic, and special guest, the Lord himself, Richard. You may know him as Rich Rebar. Uh, We thought he would be uh, Patrick Crane is, quote, in Indonesia, which I've already made that joke, quote, unquote. But uh, (laughs) he is literally in Indonesia. And uh, uh, what better time to bring in the GOAT it, 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 how, why the lord instead of the goat by the way um remember people not remember the, the the rebar lore remember when you got self-conscious and removed the lord from your handle i did
0: you were you were actually the reason that i changed it back because uh for those that are you know are not indoctrinated at this point i w- was uh you know i went for with Changed to Roto Reeves for a period there because I just thought like, oh, now that I'm starting to get a following, maybe Lord Reeves is too pretentious. So, you know, like, however, it's like fantasy guru 21 or like whatever. Uh, and then Roto Pat was actually I heard on a show and he was like, I can't believe Rich changed his Twitter handle. This is the dumbest move I ever made. And I was like, well, if Roto Pat thinks so, I better grab this thing. Luckily, no one scooped it up and I was able to reclaim it quickly. Well, look, it, it When was, was this? Uh,
2: like what year? It was like 2016.
1: 1998.
2: Um, but, no, it was it, like 2018
1: re- probably. 2018.
2: Hey, w- yeah. Whatever it was, it was your your Garth Gr- Garthbrooks Chris Brooks Chris Gaines moment. It was. And 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 we all I think we all kind of fall for that once in a while. And and I, I just I speak for everyone when I say, Thank goodness Lord Reeves returned.
0: Well, the there was a period return. there where you thought in this in this uh industry you needed to be professional, and uh it turns out you do
1: not. No, no, God, no! That that set you back pretty hard. (laughs) Um, Never recovered, really. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like Rotopad either. It was because at Patrick Darty, it was too many characters because of my ridiculous Irish name, and like it was not enough. It was too many characters, so I had to go short. And I always thought Rotopad sounded kind of corny or even pretentious. But then I've kind of embraced the like. It's become like my Pele. Like this is my one word (laughs) moniker. And so I've embraced okay. that aspect. Um, so Lord, too. Have- Lord, uh, like you had some personal news last week. Um, bringing home, bringing home trophies, bringing home championships. What's this all about? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, we went to
0: nationals. It's always the weekend of Martin Luther King weekend. Nationals uh, for what, though? Uh, flag football. Flag football nationals. Uh, USFTL. Uh, we, I played forever. You know, when we were when I was in my twenties, I played until I was about thirty-five. What kind of pushed a lot of us. We had a, uh, a teammate of ours break his neck, and everyone was kind of like, oh, man, I'm too old to be like having a serious injury. Yeah, I would um, say so. So that pushed us off. But uh, the guys that still play and that, you know couldn't give it up, they went back. They go every year for nationals. We've won it before, so we're grandfathered in. We can come whenever. Uh, they asked me to come back, so I took part in it. I think they asked me to come back because I had lost a bunch of weight, but uh, they didn't realize I didn't, get any <laughs> speed. I didn't gain any speed back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinner, but still just a slow man. Uh, you know, out here like a like a young Brian Brennan, who uh, so says your man. game
1: like Devontae Parker. Then just on the outside, I don't think people probably don't realize how large you are. Like, how tall are you? Like six? No, I'm only like
0: six one man. No, no, like that that I'm 60, <laughs>
2: yeah. No. Uh, Rich. Uh, many are calling Rich the Ed McCaffrey of flag football.
1: I <laughs> wish that was the case. Danny Many are saying they have no idea what you're talking about. Ed uh,
2: McCaffrey is the. Father of Christian McCaffrey. He once <laughs> played in the NFL and I used to have him on my fantasy team. So Man, that
0: was, was, he famously never wore like any kind of padding. Just, nothing. just he just he just got destroyed by that's when you could actually <laughs> level wide receivers. Uh if concussions were a thing there, Ed McCaffrey definitely racked up, I would say, a couple dozen.
2: He, yeah, McCaffrey would have worn the single bar. Uh, kicker's mask if that was allowed. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, Rich, given you have any of the last time any of us won a trophy is by the way, <laughs> if ever Denny or Kyle, have either one of you ever won a sporting trophy? Uh, yes.
3: Uh...
2: Yes, I guess I, I have. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I did. Won won leagues, I, I won a few medals, man. That's all we got. I
1: won some cross country medals, but you know, and, and it, it's
2: just, oh nice. That's a that's a very that's the grind cool. setters. you said
1: sport. sport, not survival.
2: I know exactly. I know. Just, I just say, say, it's not sport. Yeah. And and but, listen, it, I won trophies before. You know, our coddled culture gave trophies to everyone. Okay, <laughs> you know, and, and it was before. It Dude, was only I, when the I'm winners
3: got trophies. I missed that era by it had to have been less than a few years cause I didn't right. like really get participation trophies going up. I would have killed for it. Would have been my first.
1: Yeah. It used <laughs> to be in the nineties. If you got second, the referee just sat you down in front of the other team and like went through player by player and said what you did wrong in that game. Right. And you were all supposed to cry. The other team actually couldn't accept the first place trophy until every kid on the second place team was crying. Leaving, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, other than being in therapy for 30 years, I think it was character building. Um, so, uh, <laughs> right.
2: no. uh, it worked out for everyone in the end this is what we're saying
1: yeah do <laughs> you, you think uh by the way and this you will not even believe i think the last thing i got a literal trophy for because cross country they do medals i this is not a joke When i was 14 i got a high jump medal wow a trophy um i'm not tall enough to be a good high jumper i'll tell you that and this is like uh like a I mean, very You small- did think
3: Rich was like six five just a few minutes ago, which is a classic <laughs> short king move. No, it's Anyone true. who's over 5'11, when I look up at them, like, what is this guy? Like a seven footer get no, him in the it's NBA? True. Like, oh, I'm six one. It's true. Yeah, Reeves is
1: like, I'm five ten. Yeah,
2: Kyle kept calling me Shaq when we saw each other. <laughs> <laughs> Denny me.
1: always thinks I'm taller. I'm pretty sure you're taller than me. Uh, I, 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 no joke. I'm a legit five ten. Everyone always says if you say five ten, you're actually 5'9". You guys both
0: have legit legitimate quaffs, though that add. Yeah, a, that uh, help. That does bit.
1: add. That adds uh, inches. Look, I
2: all I know is when when we're together at a conference or whatever, you're taller than me. If you're yeah, it's just my presence.
1: It's just my presence.
2: I, if you're five ten, then I have I have to be re You know, I, I'm
1: you I'm five seven. That's what this means. You gotta be re-measured. and it's just my the way I fill up a room with my booming voice and argumentative takes. Then he adds two inches. <laughs> Uh, We're going to preview these conference championship games. We are going to start with the news of the day from Thursday. The first domino in the head coaching uh, carousel has fallen with the Carolina Panthers getting probably the best retread, retreat. How do you, I always forget how to pronounce it. How do you say it? Retread or retreat? Retread. Retread. They got the best retread candidate, I would say. And Frank Reich, I know a lot of people were hoping Steve Wilkes would get this job on a permanent basis after he did an extremely good job on an interim basis, but I think the someone pointed out the Panthers, seven of the nine candidates they interviewed were offensive-minded. Like they clearly want to get this offense fixed after just years of dysfunction. know, I think Frank Reich did a pretty good job in Indianapolis, to be honest, until they kind of finally like overestimated his quarterback whisper abilities. Like he basically got a point like Carson Wentz, so I'll have this guy in the Pro Bowl. And which I guess he probably did make the Pro Bowl since every quarterback makes the Pro Bowl. But Frank Reich seemed like he was doing well to basically overestimate his quarterback abilities. Just wondering if you guys agree. I think this is a a good, defensible hire
3: for the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he had done the quarterback thing three years in a row. It worked the best with Phillip Rivers. It nearly worked with Carson Wentz. It was one Jaguars loss away from working and then they just kept going downhill until it downhilled to Matt Ryan, downhilled to Sam Ellinger, and that was such a disastrous move that it literally got him fired. But he, like like you said, he made it work to, I think, the best of his ability. He also was really adaptive with, when he had Phillip Rivers, who wasn't elite but was still good, we saw them passing more, playing with more pace, and then when he got into the Carson Wentz era, he did coincidentally also get in the Jonathan Taylor era, and he leaned into that. So I think he was reasonably adaptive to working with what he had. Although you have to blame him to some extent for the quarterbacks he got. Like I imagine he was in some way involved. It might not have been his choice alone. I, we know it wasn't, we know Ursay is pretty involved in these things, but like, I'm sure if he had said like, Hey, I can't make Carson Wentz work. He is broken. They probably wouldn't have traded for him. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in Carolina. Cause there's a giant void at quarterback. So I have no clue how that plays out, but yeah, like you said, as far as guys who have quote, failed before I have no problem with this
1: denier reeves reeves you claimed you had no opinion on the matter is that actually true (laughs) do you just have no opinion on it at all
0: i mean i'm fine with it is it's one of these things like if you're gonna hire a head coach now i mean just look at all the teams that made the playoffs and look at the teams that are left like you've got to almost go offense at this age you want almost your head coach to not be able to get to be a play caller so your play caller can't get poached and elevated to a new job it's just kind of the era we're in in the NFL, I will say this about the Panthers, though I think it's a it's a good job for Frank Reich to take because when you look at that division, it's a division that probably all four teams could have new quarterbacks next year. Uh, right. It's definitely the rebound for the Carolina Panthers is is probably shorter than like a lot of other jobs he could have taken. Uh, it all obviously depends on like what kind of quarterback it plays, but that division
1: is going to have a ton of turnover
0: this year, anyways.
1: I hadn't thought about that. That's absolutely true of four new quarterbacks. Almost certainly that's, I wonder how many times that's happened in this four, in this, this divisional area with the four team divisions, probably very, very infrequently. Denny, uh, do you have a Frank Reich take or if we, uh, meh. yeah, I'll
2: force one <laughs> here. Um, it could could be good for DJ Moore uh, if Frank can get, can get the uh, can get the you know quarterback situation worked out and, and get the offense a little more adaptable to the modern age. You know, I, I, I know that they got by with like a massively run heavy scheme to to end the season. That's that's not a long term plan. Let's just be honest. So, uh, and and DJ Moore, uh, everything about his peripherals says that he's elite. So I I'm I'm hoping that we finally. Might we'll get say, our our lovely
1: DJ Moore just like I'll never believe Brock Purdy's good I'll never believe DJ Moore is bad oh he's good. Um, he's good he actually is really really good and man yeah we it's gonna be really funny when the Panthers get Aaron Rodgers and not the Jets by the way uh, oh, yeah. Jets, the Jets on the, the Jets that was the other news on Thursday the Jets uh, they're keeping Broncos country riding just further and further into the desert yeah um, until they ride one day into the canyon Yeah. Um, too dark Too. Uh, uh broncos country will ride forever in the hearts of new york jets fans for one year cause after everyone gets fired next year because i think they the jets i feel like just basically like signed like their death warrant as an offense I mean, unless they get aaron Rodgers.
2: Well, i mean he's a better heck it's a way better coordinator than he is head coach like i i, think yeah, I mean is he Yeah,
1: (laughs) there's no way he's a worse coordinator than he's never been a good. He was not a good coordinator for the Bills (laughs) or the Jaguars. I don't think he called plays for the for the Packers. Pretty sure that was the floor, right?
2: I think he was just Aaron Rodgers' friend. Yeah, he was like,
1: was he even the coordinator, or was he the quarterbacks coach for the for the Packers? I think he
2: was passing game specialist or something.
1: I think he was the offensive coordinator. He right?
3: was, I think, technically offensive coordinator, but he was the coordinator. Slower. And Oten, uh, Otten, how do you ever say that one? Was the passing game coordinator, or maybe he's a run game That's coordinator I, mean, I, I think, I think Denny's maybe onto like a shred of truth in that so much of this team was like high-level dysfunction. I don't think it... I mean, they also were pretty vanilla weak schematically, but they were, I think, meh schematically and functionally a complete train wreck. Like, there were reports of Russell Wilson not knowing what audibles to call at the line. He was still using (laughs) Seattle calls. They were like... They they led the league in every single category of penalty on offense. They had like terrible clock management. Those are things that you can maybe corral with the other coaches around him, both above him at the head coach level and below him at like position coach levels. Now, do I think like it's a particularly smart hire? No, but I don't think this guy was overwhelmed in the media market of
1: Denver. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, now he's going to. I uh, hear can be a bit of a tough crowd. But he's not.
2: But he's not the head guy. That that's the important he's part. Not, but he's going
1: to be treated like the head guy because he's going to be like the new no, guy, and he's he, going to be the fall even,
2: guy. We're not going to talk about him at all. Like it, it, Robert Sala is there to take to take all the bullets from the media and Hackett. We won't even talk about Hackett. It. It's it's he's a non-issue. Well, so things-
3: things might smooth over if they get an actual quarterback. This team has talent uh, at receiver, like they are they are well coached at the head coach level, I think. Like they could just like we could forget about and they could still maybe they still make all the false start penalties, like the false start penalties and the delay of game penalties. Don't even get me started on the delay of game penalties. They could still make those, but if they, you know, get Aaron Rodgers and he's back to prime Aaron Rodgers, whether or not it's hack it's doing, we will give him enough credit or at least ignore him. We'll ignore him like Danny said. We'll we'll see. We'll we'll see. But
1: interesting, coach, goings ons on Thursday. Is it goings on or is it goings ons, Denny? I can't remember.
2: It's goings ons.
1: And I hit Denny with an unawares on the phone earlier. Yeah, yeah, man. I
2: (laughs) I thought I was talking to a 75 year
1: old. I've been crossover dribbling today. We will finally get into conference championship weekend. The Eagles were the best team in the NFC all season, but we'll be encountering the hottest team in football. At home for the NFC Championship game, the Niners arrive in town as modest two-point underdogs, Rich Rebar. I'm just going to begin with what has become our million-dollar weekly question on this show. Rich, can Brock Purdy keep getting away with this? I mean, listen. This is the same thing. Almost, you
0: almost missed a great segue from Lafleur's offense that he fell on that sword, you know, for the Jets collapse. uh, Even though he had quarterbacks that couldn't push the easy buttons, he was creating. uh, And Brock Purdy has really kind of hit all of those easy buttons that this system, you know, provides quarterbacks with. Uh, but we did see a little bit last week. It kind of they faced their first like real defense. And, you know, I say real almost like hesitance because the Cowboys coming into last week's game like really hadn't played the, their best football over the final third of the season when their cornerback room got kind of you know shellacked through injuries. But we saw the 49ers, they had 4.9 yards per play last week. That was their fewest in a game that Purdy started. They had just three games this season with fewer yards per play of the four teams that won, they were dead last in third down conversion rate last week, lowest in red zone rate, lowest in yards per play. And it really just comes down to, you know, them facing another team that's really capable of getting after the quarterback. You know, they faced the team that was number one in the NFL in pressure rate last week, the Cowboys, and they did pressure him on, 49% 49% of his drop is the highest rate of any quarterback was pressured last weekend in the playoffs. Um, but the Eagles are really good at converting their pressures into negative plays because the Cowboys aren't. The 70 Cowboys,
1: sacks this season, 15 more yeah. than any other team. Yeah. Cowboys first in the NFL
0: in pressure rate, but 15th in the NFL and turning pressures into sacks. The Eagles are number one in the NFL. They're second in the NFL in pressure rate overall and number one in turning pressures into sacks. Cowboys had chances to make, negative plays for the 49ers offense off of those pressures they only had two sacks on those 16 pressures they missed multiple interception chances if those plays turn into negative plays you know for the 49ers offense the eagles uh it's going to be a tough spot for the 49ers we haven't seen purdy have to punch and pass his way back you know from a deficit at all at any point but when he's been kept clean he's been amazing like you know, even last week, fifteen to seventeen when when the Cowboys didn't get pressure on him, uh, only Patrick Mahomes is a higher passer rating uh, oh of all goodness. quarterbacks uh, with a hundred more <laughs> attempts when he's not pressured. And it's not a perfect. This is the offense. As I said, the easy buttons that you're forced to click. Uh, you know, that's what he's able to do. Just play good point guard, and that's what the Jets weren't able to do. And Michael Ford took the heat <laughs> for that. You know, and you you have Mike White and Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco, so. Yeah, this this is this is gonna be a great game, though I think because both defenses are really good and both offenses are really versatile in terms of what they can do personnel wise. Uh, we can get into the Eagles' stuff too, but I, I'm very excited to see kind of how both these teams go about approaching both defenses because they're both really really good defenses. Yeah. Another thing about
2: uh, Purdy, yeah, I mean he's been great without pressure. He hasn't been terrible under pressure. He uh, since he took over uh, as as starter in San Francisco. Uh, He has a a 7.4 yards per attempt uh, when facing pressure. That's the seventh highest rate in the league. He's thrown five touchdowns to zero interceptions when, when pressured. I mean, his completion rate is 50%. So that's not great, but, um, and I do think there is a little bit of getting away with it going on with Purdy. I mean, I think, you know, per the film, he probably should have two to three interceptions over the past two weeks uh, that were dropped by defenders. Um, But, you know, again, not, not terrible. So if the Eagles go after him, I I don't think that's like automatically um, a terrible thing for the Niners.
1: You're just kind of building off what Rich said. He faced by far his stiffest test of his starting stint last week in a Cowboys defense that did have a good game and kept their bad offense in the game. The Cowboys offense malfunctioning the entire game against an elite defense. And yeah, pretty – it's not like it was an amazing start, but it was just the classic. He did what he needed to do. The turnovers thing, he is getting away at the turnovers. I mean, that's part of being an NFL quarterback. I mean, Patrick Mahomes gets dropped interceptions, but it does seem like it's been an abnormally lucky streak for Brock Prady. But I mean, good players seem lucky and get lucky. And like I I keep joking
3: Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott would love some of this. Good (laughs) players don't always get their passes intercepted stuff going on.
1: So I keep joking about not believing in him, and I still think he's probably ultimately gonna be like a number two type, but It's hard. You can't, you literally can't argue with the results, which have been perfect and flawless from a win loss perspective for his team. And I think we have kind of talked about on the show, he's pushing the easy buttons that rich referenced, but unlike Jimmy Garoppolo, his like world doesn't immediately end when he's pressured and like Mm -hmm. he can improvise. We've talked a lot about his improvisation and he's going to really, really need that against the Eagles because yeah, this team gets after the quarterback. So from one stiff test, too by far the stiffest test, but yeah, at this point, I mean, I, I can only keep the bit going for so long. It's you have to be impressed with what Brock Purdy has done, but also still wondering, yeah, if it's going to hold up under the kind of test he's going to face this week. Um, any final Brock Purdy
3: thoughts? Yeah, I'll be to see if they end up the, the 49ers as they like to do run the football a lot more because the Eagles are number one in dropback EPA, they're like 24th in rush EPA, and not only are they like not surprising. They're incredible at getting pressure and converting that in sacks. That makes you really good at defending the defending the pass but they're also really good against yards after the catch they're top five in yards after the catch they're top among defenses so they're very difficult to produce yards after the catch against they're number two in pff coverage grade and they're number three in yards per catch allowed and those are kind of hallmarks of what we what we kind of say is the the easy buttons is that you get receivers open and because they have george kittle brandon iuke and debo samuel they do a lot of the heavy lifting after the catch Eagles have not been susceptible to that. They have been susceptible just straight up to the ground game. And we know Shanahan does like to activate the ground game. And this is one where we oftentimes sort of say, well, the pass is going so well. Why don't you just keep throwing it? We know it's more efficient. This is one where that will come closer to uh, not being true. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of the backfield in this game.
1: So, Danny, that segues into what I was going to ask you is is how did the 49ers win this game? And we just been talking about the Eagles leading against the pass, far more vulnerable against the run you do want to run against them but then if you fall behind early i mean how 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 do the 49ers win this game if they're going to win this game
2: yeah uh you know i actually think that and i and i touched on this in on my uh, dfs piece you can find on the site i actually think that the niners kind of have to let it rip uh especially that middle of the field stuff um avoiding the the shutdown corners uh and bradbury for for the eagles uh, you know, the, the Philadelphia. Is- just
1: real quick, are you saying? Are you suggesting it was a bit on Galaxy brains, or you said you only wanted Brock Purdy to throw outside the numbers this week? I've never.
2: First of all, I want to be clear. I've never done a bit. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> no, sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, continue.
2: no, sorry. If Philadelphia's run defense. Uh, I know that we see it as like the weak spot, but they've been really good over the past like month and a half, two months. Uh, so from week one to ten only the Browns had a higher rush EPA allowed than the Eagles and no defense gave up a higher rushing success rate than Philadelphia. So they were just being run, over, uh, run all over by everyone, even like the Texans at, at one point in that, I think it was a Thursday night game. Uh, since, since the team added uh, Linval Joseph to the line and made some adjustments in the way, uh, you know, they, they approach, they approach the rush. The Eagles have allowed the 12th lowest EPA and the eighth lowest success rate from week 10 till now. Um, so I actually think that they they can slow down this Kyle Shanahan rushing attack and kind of force Brock Purdy to take control. And if the Niners don't trust Purdy to do that, and if they just keep hammering Mitchell and McCaffrey into the line over and over and over again, I don't think I don't think that works unless, of course, the Niners defense can shut down the Eagles and make it sort of a sloppy, low scoring game.
0: Yeah. yeah, the Eagles' uh, their run defense has been awesome since they acquired Linval Joseph and Adam and Uh especially when you remove the quarterback rushing element from what has gone into all those like EPA stuff and, and a lot of DVOA stuff because they faced mm-hmm. a, a slew of mobile quarterbacks in the, the year, but. Without any of and Sue Linval Joseph, or Jordan Davis on the field, they've allowed four and a half yards per carry to running backs, a 60% success rate with any of those three on the field, just 3.9 yards per carry to running backs A 66% success rate since week 11. When they got those guys, they've allowed a first down or touchdown and just 16% of running back carry. It's the lowest rate in the NFL. Whoa. So, I mean, they've been really good against the run, but their season long stuff definitely looks bad and, this end of the season stretch where they've given up a lot of quarterback rushing yards has definitely inflated their overall rushing yardage that they've allowed to.
1: Sounds like maybe you guys are saying the Eagles should actually sell out to stop the run and bet on their personnel, their talent in the secondary mm-hmm. to take care of the pass and like put the game on Brock Purdy's shoulders. Uh, Cause I mean the other shoes, it's just got to drop. I mean, well, you can't keep getting away with this, right? Which is why I, I,
2: I think that the middle of the field stuff with, with Debo, with George Kittle, uh, with of course McCaffrey, I think that that's that's like where it's at for the Niners. Like that, that's their path to generating yards, consistent yards. I I,
1: I really don't think that they can just establish it against Philadelphia. No, it's going to be very like you said. Just it's crazy the way Rich line the way these teams have like similar strengths and just been basically colossi the entire second half of the season. Yeah. Both of them. I mean, the Eagles have been literally the best team in the NFL. It felt like people got tired of them. But, it's like, true. They and too, the like the and when he got hurt, when, when Jalen Hurts missed three games, it made it kind of easy to like, fall asleep on them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they were the last undefeated team in the NFL. They're the number one seed in their conference. They seem uh, quite, quite good. Uh, so, Kyle, we've talked a lot about what the 49ers might do since the, they're the underdog. I mean, they're a narrow underdog, though. Uh, 49ers defense enters i said the 49ers are the hottest team in football i mean the offense has been part of that obviously but the defense is the big big part of that but who so rich mentioned you how versatile the eagles are on offense something we've talked about all year how they can win win games more than one way i mean who if anyone though on the eagles has a good matchup this week with the 49ers
3: yeah, good's like relative when you're playing at this high of a level, you're one of the final four teams. 49ers are top two in rush EPA and pass EPA. They don't have weaknesses. They have lesser strengths, but one of the spots they have a lesser strength is having no top 10 corners in PFF coverage here. They have two top 20 corners, which is to the point that like, there's not the, oh, this is the easy way to beat them. There are hard ways to beat them, but you can do it. And conversely, the Eagles have AJ Brown, the number six wide receiver in PFF wide receiver grade, top five in yards per route run and Devonta Smith who's 16th in PFF wide receiver grade so they definitely have at least an advantage matchup at receiver and that's not saying the 49ers are bad at corner it's saying that AJ Brown is an absolute menace Devonta Smith could be a number one receiver on a lot of other teams so I think that's kind of the easy spot and it's a spot that we've seen the Eagles go for before when they have a matchup in the passing game I know we think of them, or at least I think the public kind of thinks of them as they want to establish it. They just want to get the ground game going. They're the quarterback run team. When they get a chance, or when it's advantageous for them to throw the football, this is something Pat Crane has harped on accurately all year they will take those shots. They will ramp up the pass rate. They will try and attack their opponents how they're weakest. They're very multiple in that way. I think Nick Sirianni deserves a lot of credit for that. So I don't know if this is a game where we see Jalen Hurts drop back to throw bombs as much, but I do think a lot of quick stuff potentially to Dallas Goddard, potentially to, this almost surprised me that A.J. Brown, for as much as we think of him as this big play threat, I think it's sort of like sneaky Jamar Chase in this way in that he is fourth in the NFL in yards after the catch per catch among tight ends or among uh, wide receivers he is also third in total missed tackles force like he can just win at every level and he's so athletic that when you put him on corners who aren't as big strong in the pass as him he can also make yards after the catch and break tackle so i think that's sort of their way to pass and they probably do want to pass against this 49ers defense is not as much the the long shots just launch the mortars out there it's to let the receivers win this game
1: Kyle, real, real quick, what is AJ Brown's health status? I, mean, I know there's, there's like not concerns that like missed the game, but like, is he practice? He
3: was not report. even on the injury report. I like okay. it's, we can only read into these things so much. Uh, obviously, like you would also even if he was very hurt next year, on would be like, just don't put him on the injury report. As long as he's going to play, just don't say it. Yeah. But that's the best information we have to work with. And I will say he didn't even show up as like hip full practice. Not even on the injury report to open the week. He got like, he essentially looked like he got rested towards the end of that Giants game while dealing with the hip issue. But if you're not even on the injury report, I've got to imagine you're as close to 100% or Sirianni is doing a really sneaky good job. But like he could have done that at other times too. And we haven't seen such a glaring, I don't want to say it's like dirty, but it would be a little cheeky to just like straight up lie to our faces. So I'm going to say with the best information we have, pretty close to 100% as far as a player 20 weeks into an NFL season can be.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, by the way, I, before we get into the DFS discussion, Pat Crane, before he departed for Southeast Asia, also outed himself as a pretty believer. So seems like we're slowly, slowly turning the corner on that. I know. I know Rich. Rich shaking his head.
0: I
2: thought he would stay with us. I do yeah. what
1: society's going I mean, to. We'll, we'll um, stick
0: a pin in it. I'm here for the chaos if anything happens, but it's literally this offense, the way it's structured, There's another ceiling that the 49ers have offensively. And if they were to just kick the can with Purdy here, like it would just be that there's another gear this offense has with elevated quarterback play that we haven't seen, which is downright
1: scary. It is. Um, And that's why they took a guy like Trey Lance in the first place. It's true. No, because yeah, Kyle Shanahan, he's reached the limits of scheme and the, the limits of scheme is you can get to a Super Bowl and almost win it with Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> like he's tired of having to rely so much on scheme. And that is why he made the big bet on trail. I mean, this is a man who won an MVP with Matt Ryan. I mean, come on, come on. <laughs> it's amazing what he I can mean, this do. this
0: rock the, the 49ers don't have like necessarily the top player at any position except for maybe Christian McCaffrey. But when you talk about like from the top down depth and versatility of their roster, that's by far the best offensive yeah. unit. And if you have elevated quarterback played at that, like quarterback play that can win on its own paired with that kind of talent, there's a, a whole nother scary gear that the league it's probably true. isn't prepared to deal with, with the 49ers. And they hope a guy like Brock Purdy's the starter.
1: Yeah. 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 So but Trey Lance, uh, if you're listening, get well soon, please. Uh, we're not ready to that was never
0: even the argument for Trey Lance, wasn't uh, like to defend Trey Lance. It was defending the possibility of Trey, like the possibility of his ceiling and what it would mean. Yeah, the yeah, theory
3: of true. Trey Lance, very theoretical. The <laughs>
0: this
1: man has appeared in like five games since high school. Right, <laughs>
3: right. I, I, hey, look, I'm going to do it again next summer. You think I'm joking here about nah. the theory of Trey Lance? I will be I preaching the theory again <laughs> in four months.
2: Kyle, I am. Even. I am too. Well, I'm going to go in on Trey Lance when he's the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans.
1: Oh, get <laughs> out of here please right. just stop it's happening just stop just stop it's just we have to just get used to the idea yeah. please just stop uh, we haven't gotten to the most important part of this game yet which is of course the dfs sicko plays gonna put the floor to rich for i mean I, everything's kind of sicko in a two game slate but mm-hmm. wh- what is really catching your eye in dfs and 49ers eagles rich
0: yeah, I mean, I, I agree, with Kyle. If the Eagles are going to have, like, sp- if there's going to be spike components to this game, which I think will be pretty limited, it'll come from the Eagles wide receivers. Obviously, it's going to have to be a big A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith game. The 49ers have been pretty weak against wide receivers. Where are you? It's interesting because where both these defenses are kind of vulnerable are inverse. Like the Eagles, you want to attack over the middle of the field. You want to try to get them to have linebackers on the field, which is cool because the 49ers can do that because they're going to play a fullback on the field, which the Eagles don't face. I mean, the Eagles face 21 personnel, the second fewest snaps in the NFL this season. That's going to change this Sunday. So you're going to be able to try to make their linebackers that don't play a lot. They'd rather have some extra DBs on the field, especially their versatile safeties. Uh, You know, the 49ers may be able to find some opportunity there, but against the 49ers, you want to attack them on the outside and vertically. Like they have been one of the weaker teams uh, against uh, vertical wide receiver targets. Uh, They have allowed, you know, the, They've had six touchdowns to wide receivers on, on throws 20 yards or further downfield. It's 27th in the NFL. They're 23rd in completion rate on those throws. And then since week 11, the only team worse against wide receivers overall than the 49ers have been the Cowboys, the team that they just beat. Uh, you know they're twenty 28th in catch rate allowed to wide receivers. Their 24th in yards for target allowed to wide receivers. 29th in yards per game. Uh, 23rd in touchdown rate. So this is going to have to be a big, heavy lifting Arthur Wan, Devontae Smith game. If you do want a sicko play, this That's, might be a yeah, week. Just say, say it. I know you say this it. A week to dust off Quez Watkins. But thank you.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, um, 19.6% of his targets are on downfield targets, the highest rate on the team, uh, late out against the 49ers. They're also more, way more vulnerable uh, when to vertical plays out of the slot where Quez yeah. Watkins runs. He didn't have a high yards per catch this season, but if there was ever a week – uh, there would be this week. And I think Quez Watkins last year almost had 100 yards on the 49ers, if I'm mistaken. Uh, I'd have Let's to see. I'll, I'll
1: look at him. I'm on his game logs right now, Richard. But, uh, he, he, he had two catches – for hundred and seventeen yards, one of which was a, a one of which was a ninety one yard non touchdown. Yeah, yes, yeah. I, was, I was actually
3: about to recite the fact it was the what longest. So I think it was the longest completion. I know it was the longest non touchdown catch of the year last year. I had how, how? ninety one catch that's he not got tracked He got like the corner or safety, whoever was coming after him, tracked him down like within five yards I, literally there are yeah. only nine yards to go max on an nfl field <laughs> but it was like two yards and then the corner of safety <laughs> got got an angle on him and took him down that like the must have, that must have
2: that must have been a hell of an angle because quiz yeah. Watkins is pretty fast <laughs> that guy
3: was that guy was doing like trigonometry he knew yeah. exactly the hypotenuse and he was like wow. i know i can get him at the two <laughs> it's an all-time angle I was definitely d- a, a, probably a,
0: a game similar to, like, the Cowboys game last week where I think touchdowns are probably going to be a premium here. You're mm-hmm. looking – you know, if you if you can score – if one of these offenses can score three touchdowns in this
1: game, they they probably they might auto-win. That's a really good point. And, I yeah, I was just really hoping someone would say Quez Watkins, who I had to double-check, like, wasn't hurt because I haven't heard his name in, like,
0: two months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pascal final- played more last week because, you know, the, in the run game, he's going to be out there blocking, man. Like, that's – His if, if final
1: – you get Quez Watkins' final four games of the regular season. He had seven catches for thirty-nine yards. Has yet to record a catch in the playoffs, but he is not injured. And as Rich said, this would align. I was really hoping we could we would have someone say Quez Watkins in the DFS talk. The, the sickest name has been taken, Denny and Kyle. But, I mean, you guys never disappoint. We got anything else crazy out there? Um.
2: Yeah. Uh. You know, <laughs> we are. We're getting sick. We're getting disgusting. With Juwan Jennings.
1: I was, I was figuring you were going to say Juwan right. Jennings or maybe even Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah. Um. Look,
2: uh, J- uh, Jennings you know, runs... Uh, I'm trying to find the, the little thing I had on him. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Jennings runs about 60% of his routes from the slot. That's increased lately. 55%, sorry. Uh, he functions as somewhat of a downfield threat, 14.5 average depth of target since Brock Purdy took over understand it for the Niners and as we saw last week and as I I talked about almost obsessively on this show I think I mentioned him three times uh Richie James had a pretty good game last week seven catches on 10 targets for 50 some yards he did however I don't know if you guys caught this one but uh Richie James dropped a 75 yard touchdown he did that um would have <laughs> even kind of to generational to wealth generational yeah. wealth and the bank uh, has
1: agreed to let my family keep our home at least until our fourth child is born.
2: It, look if I live another 40 to 50 years I will eventually get over that, that <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah I mean this is this is the way you go after this e, this Eagles offense I'm, I'm not saying that Juwan Jennings is going to see 8-10 targets of course not but him and Debo I think are going to be more in the middle of the field uh, and of course Kittle then you know I, I think is uh, horrific uh matchup obviously for brandon Ayuk, um and you know hey, in a two-game slate that might push enough r- rostership away from him to make him playable it's it's a uh, kind of a thing you have to measure but jennings is my sicko play
1: kyle i'll put you on the spot and say who who's the non-sicko play that you just have to hammer in this game who do you have to pay up for in this game
3: uh, I don't, I don't know. I guess, I don't know if you have to pay up for Christian McCaffrey. I was thinking that, especially with uh, people maybe afraid of the Chiefs, like you think of most games where it's like, or most two games late or three game, you know, Thanksgiving, or when we get like the double Saturdays late in the season or whatever, uh, we see the best offense just get absolutely steamed like crazy. I don't, this is maybe the one scenario we have to avoid Patrick Mahomes at 60% rostership mm-hmm. and drop him to, 40 and that might be less than optimal. Like we might be pushing in the correct direction. So to me, it's not that you have to pay up, but at least a modest value that I don't mind going to will be Eli Mitchell. I believe he outcarried Christian McCaffrey last week. They still use McCaffrey in the much more high-leverage situations. You are Is, like, is McCaffrey wrong. like
1: battling something? It's kind of yeah, like, DNP
3: uh, with the calf strain to open the week. Uh, okay. I mean he's fine. The 49ers have actually been pretty prudent is about giving
1: they were taking him off the field and like everything but downs last weekend he
3: will play I guess is what I meant when I said he's fine I definitely don't know he's probably not 100% like you said they they were giving him the heat pack on the calf on the sidelines and taking him out for stretches of plays and for that reason Elijah Mitchell also didn't practice but neither did Devo like they're resting their guys, but for that reason, I don't think we get McCaffrey, like, peak Carolina numbers, 97% snap share, every single target, like, he will get the high leverage stuff. If you play Elijah Mitchell, you are banking on either, like, like the, the DeAndre Swift special, long run to the five, gets subbed out, Eli Mitchell comes in, <laughs> that's certainly possible. They will be subbing him out more than, than the Panthers would have in week six or whatever. So as far as like value plays go, I think he's a pretty solid option because his team should be able to put up a you know a decent amount of points. They've been extremely efficient to close the year, even if this is a difficult matchup. He could fall into the end zone, and he himself has been very efficient. So I, I think it's uh, a thin play. It's It's a non-existent play on a slate with 10 games. We're not talking about that, and if getting down to Elijah Mitchell and he gets 12 points because he gets in the end zone is what you need, a la like Kenneth Gainwell or Samaje P. Ryan. They don't have to go for 20. It's a two-game slate. They can go for 12, and that could be enough to get a travis Kelsey Mahomes stack in that you otherwise would not have been able to afford.
1: By the way, Denny, he just said Samaj P. Ryan correctly after I goaded you into an incorrect pronunciation on Galaxy. Oh, is that right.
3: it? Did I say it right? Because I've been did. yelled at no matter what I've said about saying you it wrong. You said it
1: right. Um, okay. And I, I made Denny say it wrong uh, You're and You know right. what? You're a classic
2: overthinker when it comes to names. I am. You, you, I, you know, I really mean, am. Yeah. You put I was, way too much
1: thought in the name. I was shaking when I had to say Inna Sheeran for my Oscars. Yeah. Joke. And you just got to, you got to, you know, go from the hip, man. It does, mm. you know, just. It's true. Go what feels you, right. You see a name, you just say it. We'll go with what feels right in the, in the AFC Championship game right after this. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen on the PGA Tour as well as in college basketball. And also don't forget, download the Rotorold app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your App Store today. Hosting their fifth straight AFC championship game, the Chiefs find themselves in a near pick 'em situation with the Bengals as the world waits for Patrick Mahomes' news on Patrick Mahomes' health. It was a pick 'em. Then we got Patrick Mahomes practicing in full. Now the Chiefs are back to one point favorites. Still as narrow as it gets at home in a playoff game, though. And so, yeah, we got the most compelling update we're going to get all week on Mahomes when he's practicing in full, because what could be better news than that, Denny? But we know his ankle is still going to be the biggest question mark in this contest. I'll just start by asking you know, who do you think should be considered the favorite in this game? And if you want Denny's thoughts by the way, on what constitutes like when we, we could be satisfied with news on Mahome's health, listen to Galaxy Brains this week. Um, we lay out what would actually convince us that he's healthy uh, but yeah Denny who who is the favorite in the AFC championship game? My goodness i i think
2: I think the Bengals deserve to be seen as, as the favorite here because of a Mahomes's injury. It makes him, it, it will make him less mobile. I know, I know that everything seems fine. He's walking around, he's jogging around, but part of his superpower is being sneaky mobile and getting out of the pocket and making throws. No one can, else can make. If he doesn't have that against a Bengals defense that has severely limited him, including in their week 13 matchup against chiefs,
1: uh, even losses for the Chiefs,
2: right? And that's Mahomes at full health in week thirteen. So, uh, I I just, I think that the the Bengals defense doesn't do any one thing spectacularly, but they do everything pretty pretty well. And I don't think that they're. I think that they are in position to limit this Kansas City offense, especially with the uh, the, the injury. Uh, another thing, another thing that I think makes makes the Bengals. Uh, it's just so dangerous like we saw last week against Bills, is Joe Burrow's willingness to just be patient, to just kind of matriculate the ball down the field and against, you know, an enormous amount of too high safety coverage. He sees more than anybody else. And it doesn't matter. He's patient. He dinks, he dunks, he checks down Josh Allen. Not so much. Josh Allen's not patient. He's not a patient guy. He sees a lot of the same coverage. He makes mistakes against it. Joe Burrow doesn't make those mistakes, so I I do I do think the Bengals should be seen as favorites.
1: Yeah, that's kind of sad. I want, I want uh, but it, I, everything you said struck me as accurate there, Denny. And you talk about the Bengals not being like truly elite at anyone, faceted, even, even though you weren't saying they were not a good defense. They're very good de- They're they're so elite, you know, at game planning and adjusting. Yeah, And as yeah. we know, the famous second-half adjustment in the AFC Championship game last year against the Chiefs, where they just totally shut the Chiefs' offense down in the second half. So, uh, Luana Rumo is going to have some surprises for Patrick Mums. We're going to talk more about the Bengals in the season, but we'll stay on the Chiefs' offense, Richard, where I'm finally glad to have a new voice in here, because every week we ask Pat <laughs> Crane if it's going to be Tony season, and every week he just says no. He's always like, he ran like eight routes last week. Right, uh, right. Can you stop asking me this? And then he just goes to Asia uh, because he's tired of us asking him about Kadarius Tony. So, is it Tony season finally, Rich?
3: Uh, Probably not. Uh, Yeah, that is the correct answer. It's always been the correct answer. Yeah, I mean, listen 19 straight
0: weeks. This is an interesting. Game in totality because there's no way Lou Anarumo is going to let Travis Kelsey get 17 targets. There's no. just absolutely no no damn way that that's going to happen. They're going to have to make some of these other Chiefs got ancillary pieces do something, and they really have not done much of anything. But if Mahomes is going to have to like rely on the quick game because they're worried about the ankle, they're trying to get the ball out, Like that would favor Tony the most of these guys. But really – Thank you. But like, let's <laughs> we can wrap it up then, yeah. yeah. Let's go. Let's go on to the next subject. <laughs> so, the Chiefs have targeted their wide receivers just 48% of the time. Only the Ravens have targeted their wide receivers at a lower rate. Both teams have elite tight ends, obviously, that impacts those things. But the Chiefs haven't had a 100 yard wide receiver since week seven. Over their past 11 games, their wide receivers have wow. combined for seven receiving touchdowns. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like Juju Smith, Juju Smith- Schuster, he has he had three or fewer receptions in seven of his past nine games. Because the Chiefs have been playing a lot more to tight ends, it's made Smith-Fieldser have to play more outside, which we know historically and it has been true again this year. He's just not as effective receiver playing outside than inside. They should just um, convert Juju to tight end officially, by the way. The, the ghost of MVS like is out there. Like he had two targets last week. He did have the one touchdown. Justin Watson's like the ultimate cardio guy. The dude's been targeted on eleven percent of his routes, uh, but he was third on the team in routes run tony at least is getting the ball when he's in the game like that that at least helps like we know if he's in there like he's probably in there to get the ball and 40 percent of his targets have come behind the line of scrimmage so if there is a quick game like there it is like to him uh and i don't mind anyone taking a shot on like a player that's as talented as, as tony is if you're saying like all right on DraftKings he's 3700 i'm just gonna play him but he is gonna be really popular play at that salary and inversely he's like the same price as tyler boyd who i like the matchup a lot more, yeah. and he's going
3: to be on the field a lot more.
0: Ooh.
3: Uh, I would rather he plays play football on Sunday, you'll see him, <laughs> you'll football, see him, which is a major, major difference.
0: But there's just no way Lou Anarumo is going to let Travis Kelsey have 50% of the team targets again. Right. There's absolutely no way when these teams play in week 13. Travis Kelsey had 14% of the team air yards. It was the second lowest uh, rate in a game this season. He had a depth of target of just five yards downfield, the second lowest in a game this season. They are going to make these other guys beat them. It hasn't been a problem, the trade of Tyreek Hill this season. Mahomes led the league in touchdowns, led the league in passing yards. But now that everything is against the fire here, this is a spot where you really wish you had someone besides Travis Kelsey that can contribute.
2: I want to say about uh, Kadarius, Tony, because obviously um... – we we're paid handsomely to defend Kadarius Tony uh, on this show. All right, he, the guy ran twelve routes last week, which not—that's not my favorite stat to recite. I don't like it. Uh, he was targeted six times, fifty percent rate. Okay, as many targets as all the other receivers combined. Wow. Now I said that on Twitter, and the response was, "Well, the plays were designed for him." And my response would be, "Cool." That I think that that happens with good players. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. You know, I, just, I tend <laughs> to see plays designed for good players. So I I think that we're on to something with Tony on a short slate. I, Rich is right. He's going to have crazy roster ship, uh, and and Tyler Boyd is boring as hell. But man, <laughs> you're I hate that you're right about that. But you're right. Tyler Boyd right. is a better play than Kadarius Tony. like, I said it.
1: I think he, you're both right though. Where, where Rich made a point that I've kind of made a few times where. Like so they didn't miss Patrick Mahomes, but that's during the course of a seventeen game season where you're gonna be playing a lot of inferior teams. You can just scheme up the bad guys. You can basically make do when you have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, but in these much more monoe mono games where you're playing a team that's as good as you, that is when it shows up. And it's like it turns into like a classic like regular season roster versus a postseason roster where you need playmakers. We know Andy Reid is acutely aware that no one is making plays behind Travis Kelsey. We know he's seeing the same things we're seeing. Like every time Kadarius Tony gets the ball, he's basically breaking a tackle and getting the edge, and then right. often breaking a tackle out on the edge. And at some point, he's going to get more work, and they, they, <laughs> they need him badly. I mean, he did get getting designed, manufactured six touches is a pretty big deal. And I will say, I don't think he's a like a total to suckers play. play. I'll say that.
3: Uh, well, we also could get uh, Michael Hardman back as of uh, Wednesday. He was limited in practice. He didn't practice last week, uh, came back to practice. Then Andy Reid said that he feels better than he has in the previous few weeks. No guarantee that he plays, but given how little they use Tony, like if they cut his routes in half, true. he plays three snaps like he just will not be on the field. I also don't think the game, though. Yeah, I don't know how much we see Mikel either, though, because he's coming back from a relatively extended absence. Oh, no, like, Kyle, they also have like said five times he's
1: coming back, and then he back. practices yeah. like one time, and like he's, he's not coming back. back. Uh, by the
2: way, yeah. So here's here's my 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 thought process on what you're saying about Hardman, and you're right, Kyle. Of course, but if Hardman's active, that's okay. Well, we're off Tony, but if everybody's off Tony, then we're on. Tony. <laughs>
3: I'm in. In this case, I'm in. I'll play. If that gets pub, I will totally play Tony at like 8% on two games. But that is conditional.
1: A fully healthy Hardman uh, during the regular season had me very concerned about Jarek McKinnon because they're actually competing for a lot of the same touches, I think. But at this point, Hardman's health has become such a saga. It's hard to see him doing anything other than playing a few snaps if he's active. And I don't think it will really be hurting anybody per se. Um, Which again, a few snaps would be as many as Kadarius
0: Tony. Uh, That's goodness. the problem. If Hardman plays, is they're already rotating these guys around. Like they, they're not even playing anybody like really full time anymore. Even Juju. So you just add another player to rotate in. It's just the, and Mahomes told us it was going to be this way before the season. He did. He did Very tell good. us. He, didn't he, he didn't come did out tell, and us. tell us. We He's, didn't believe him, but uh, this is where we are. These wide receivers, because I mean. I have all this mountains of data I can look at all these things. And like, I couldn't tell you what chiefs wide receiver play. I honestly don't know. Yeah. I honestly don't
1: have it. An That's very fair. And imagine if Juju Smith Schuster were good. Wouldn't that be cool? Mm-hmm. That would be really, really
2: cool. Can you, can you just not do that next off season?
1: <laughs> they got it. Yeah. They got to get themselves a receiver. No, Although I'm talking a-
0: about you Pat, you talked up Juju. A lot, of people th- a lot of people labeled him the Cooper Cup of this year. Oh, no, uh, yeah, I was not one of those. No, no, <laughs> Pat didn't say that. Didn't say it. <laughs> but, but I think Kyle and I were pointing
2: out that he hasn't been good in, uh, in uh, seven years.
1: It's true. But, I mean, I was just <laughs> connecting the rather obvious dots. Well, he's going to play the most snaps uh, for the best quarterback oh, yeah. in the NFL. I'm like – He's probably going to be kind of good in fantasy, and then he kind of was in between injuries and his rich second the season. There it's like that. One. Mm-hmm.
3: There was a brief moment in yep. time in which like it looked like we may be getting something. Then he had that pretty brutal concussion the first time he played the Jags, yeah. and, and maybe that sort of threw off whatever rhythm he had. But like really, this is a very good example of like running backs. Like yeah, we can very freely chase opportunity because talent gets a lot lost in the mix on how that actually shows up in like getting yards and getting points. Receiver, not as much. You can play, a, just ask Juju, Justin Watson, MVS. Uh, like you can get a lot of snaps and just not get open and not get the ball. These guys <laughs> are prime examples of it. And they play with Patrick Mahomes.
2: Yeah, I I criticized Pat for the juju take uh, while I happily drafted Gabe Davis in the third (laughs) round of (laughs) Uh, 12-team leagues. Thankfully,
1: thankfully I I did both.
0: I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to lose this game, but if they were to lose this game, it would literally fit into the exact umbrella that we've been talking about why every team has lost so far these last couple weeks in the playoffs. When Dallas lost, it was like, well, they couldn't get anyone to do anything outside of CeeDee Lamb. When the Bills lost, it was they need to add more. They don't have enough outside of Stephon Diggs. If the Chiefs lose this game, it's going to come back to the trade of Tyree Kill and them not having anyone that can contribute outside of Travis Kelsey.
3: I mean, we talked about it with the Chargers too. Like, Mike Williams has been terrible at generating separation this year. Keenan Allen is aging. They're another team that, like, they're probably not as down bad at receiver as the teams you just mentioned, but, like, they probably could have used some more receiving talent, especially to make the most of Justin Herbert's cannon. So I, I think that's totally it. that will that's gonna be talked to death. You've already foreshadowed what is going to be talked to death <laughs> in like as soon as we flip to the draft season. <laughs> I mean, Louis Arum is just too damn smart, man. Like, there's
0: no way he's gonna let Travis Kelsey get 17 targets. There's no way, quite literally, zero
1: way. Kyle, uh, we've talked a lot about what the Chiefs m- maybe need to do or might do. How do the Bengals win this game? Uh, I mean other than like Joe Burrow being awesome like what what is like the official Bengals game plan against the Chiefs
3: I mean I think it looks probably somewhat similar to what they did last week in that all year Joe Burrow has been great. I mean, he's good at kind of throwing at all parts of the field and at all sort of different rhythms, but he had a top five in terms of quickest, a top five fastest time to throw. He was one of the best quarterbacks when throwing in under 2.5 seconds. And despite being already top five in that metric, he was actually throwing the ball faster, getting it out faster against the Bills. And that makes so much sense when you reckon that even though the Bills without Von Miller had had a weaker pass rush, it wasn't terrible. And most importantly, the Bengals were down I think at least three from the start of the year starting offensive linemen they're playing players out of position players who had been healthy scratched throughout the year Jackson Carmen and those guys they did play well but they were also greatly helped out by the scheme which was get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands fast. He's extremely accurate when throwing quickly and he has incredible receiving talent. Jamar chase has been elite both in totality, but he's been really good at yards after the catch as well. He actually ranks eighth in yards after the catch over expected and Tyler Boyd and T Higgins are both positive in that metric as well, operating at very different portions of the field. So that's gotta be at least part of the plan is throw the ball as quickly as possible to your extreme receiving talent and let them do a lot of the work. And, Jamar Chase, to an extent, has been one of the better receivers against man coverage. Jeez, play a lot of man coverage, so it should work out well as far as things go for a team that is starting a pretty atrocious offensive line. They at least have really strong outs.
1: Jonah Williams still not practicing. By the way, the Bengals' regular left tackle, but didn't really have that good of a season. As you alluded to, Jackson Carmen was surprisingly good in the division round. It looks like Cap is going to play. It does. It is weird. This. Yeah. It is weird. The, the Lion held up much better than expected last week, but that doesn't magically mean it's going to be a strength against the Chiefs mm-hmm. and could just be a weakness waiting to be exposed. Denny, we've already hit on a lot of these points, but yeah, what, to put like a fine point on it, what do the Chiefs need to do to stop their three game losing streak against this Bengals team? You know, two of those were like very notable regular season losses the past two years, and one, of course, was the infamous AFC Championship game loss where they left points on the field in the first half and then bled mm-hmm. away lead in the second half. I,
2: they have to be super patient and just come, like just take what the Bengals give them. Uh, the Bengals are going to refuse both. Both of these teams. Here's the thing: both these defenses are going to refuse to let anything happen down the field, and that makes me sad as someone who would like to see some downfield excitement in this game, with uh, especially with Jamar Chase. But I don't think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see a lot of checkdown stuff. Um, you know, Jamar Chase is, you know, excellent with, with that involvement. Um, Sorry, getting back to the chiefs. Uh, So they, they will, they, there will have to be a lot of short area stuff. And like Rich said, it's not, it cannot be all to Kelsey. Like this, this Bengals defense is too well coached and the personnel is too good to just say, okay, well, a lot of short area stuff means 15 targets for Kelsey. I just don't, I don't see that happening. So, juju stepping up uh tony hardman
1: is, is mckinnon an
2: autoplay do we just have to play McKinnon? no i i i don't think so i mean he he was targetless last week
1: that Did was I, very he, disappointing
2: the uh a tar- very I mean, disappointing he was mostly in there as a personal protector for for Mahomes. Mm-hmm. so yeah that that was that was very yeah disappointing i mean he's still running i think he ran an okay route rate uh but but yeah i i don't think that he he's an autoplay I do think that like hammering Pacheco might be, you know, in line here with what the Chiefs need to do um, uh, against the Bengals. Now that that assumes that the Chiefs are going to be in like neutral or positive game script, um, and again, they never run. So like like they're they're like the ultimate like pass rate right over expected team, uh, and and they just they just keep passing. I don't know how much the injury, plays it plays into this, but I could see you know lots of short area stuff, maybe more. Pacheco than usual. And Probably going to gonna have to be. Um,
0: yeah.
2: Rich,
1: do you have anything to add on what you think either the Chiefs or the Bengals have to do on offense in this game?
0: Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs, it just simply comes down to can they get to, to Burrow. Uh, the no, no defense has been more sensitive to pressuring the quarterback this season than the Kansas City Chiefs. When they pressure the quarterback, they're sixth in the NFL in allowing a 42.4 completion rate. They've allowed a league low 3.6 yards per pass attempt. When the Chiefs don't get pressure on the opposing quarterback, they've allowed a league high 74.7% completion rate, 7.8 yards per pass attempt. That's 24th, and a 5.5% touchdown rate. That's 30th. In the three matchups between these teams over the past 14 months, they remember they only sacked burrow once in each of the last two games uh wow. when they haven't pressured burrow burrow's completed 75% of his passes 9.1 yards for pass attempt <laughs> seven touchdowns one interception when these teams played in week 13 they only pressured Burrow on 22% of his dropbacks. It was the lowest rate the Chiefs pressured any quarterback outside of Tom Brady, who they only pressured 17% of the time, and nobody pressures Tom Brady
1: because he's getting rid of the damn football. Hey, don't tell that to Tom Brady. who acts like he's under siege. Yeah, well,
0: he does. He's going to let you know. But but Kyle kind of hit upon – like the, the Bengals have, have long calibrated – like you'd rather have all these offensive linemen out there. You'd just rather have your better players out there. But the way teams structurally defended the Bengals over the course of this season with all the two high looks that they've seen – kind of forced Zach Taylor to kind of calibrate this offense into kind of a quick passing game at, are inherently. So I never believed all those linemen being out last week was going to be like a huge thing because Burrow already was getting rid of the ball so damn fast. It didn't matter. You weren't going to have time to get to him. And that's what happened last week. It's going to be something similar. I think this week, they're just gonna be able to get rid of the ball too fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Chiefs have to find a way it's imperative that they get more pressure than they got week 13 on him
1: those stats that you shared about the chiefs when they generate pressure versus when they don't, when they don't, it sounds like the opposing quarterbacks basically just th- throwing against air. Just Jesus. But, just yeah, absolutely. Uh, like
0: 1985, Dan Marino, like yeah, whatever you like, want to do. Uh,
1: <laughs> it seems very, very concerning. <laughs> Huh. yeah, can I to need to uh, and, and from a
0: fantasy stance like it it hasn't been a no contest in these games. Burroughs scored more points than Mahomes in all three head-to-head matchups in these games. He's had two 30-point games in these games. In the Week 13 matchup, the Bengals had a drop touchdown pass by Tyler Boyd, and I know like you can point to the Chiefs will that Travis, thing. Travis Kelsey fumbled and that lost the game, but Tyler Boyd dropped a touchdown and they they went for a fourth and one inside the Chiefs five and didn't get it. So like that game could have been a, Like the Bengals had a lot of answers in that game, and no team has scored more points per drive against the Chiefs over the past years than the Bengals have. They just have not had a lot of answers for the Bengals' offense.
1: It sounds like there's no reason whatsoever the Chiefs should be favored.
0: Oh no, man, they got the best player in football still, man. Uh, I was gonna,
3: I was gonna say like the the gap. I mean, obviously, we have no clue what Mahomes' health is. He's practicing full. You would also want your opponent to believe you have full Patrick Mahomes. So, like, I don't want to again lend. You can lend even less credence. I think. To that I think to be reality. honest, you'd,
1: you'd rather your opponent think they're going to get really limited Mahomes. They shouldn't yeah. have like not. They should have That's had them, like not practice.
3: I think you you just want whatever is the actual case it to be the opposite. You just don't want them to come in prepared for what is reality. But with that being said, you have to take this with a, a grain of salt because we don't know what we're getting from Mahomes. The gap between him and EPA per play and the number two player was the same as the gap between two and nine. He this year and in most years is his own tier. Like they're just, in terms of the advanced metrics, are not quarterbacks as good as him in the NFL right now. So that's why the Chiefs are favorites because Vegas thinks we are getting a good approximation of Mahomes. Are we? I I don't know. I kind of think so. I I really don't know, but that's why they're favorite. They have the best player in football. And like in terms of like raw talent, like he's going to go down as one of the greatest. Like he's that good. He, in the yeah. in the second half last
0: week, he yeah. led all quarterbacks in EPA per play and rating, play on one leg. Because while Mahomes, he is that you know the his apex is he can do so many things off platform and off structure that other guys can't do. He also is still a really good regular quarterback.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's just uh he's a freak. He we love him. And
2: uh, yeah, you can't. I mean, you can't. Uh, here's the thing: when I said the Bengals should be fair, I'm not saying that Mahomes is bad. Uh, uh, you know, that's weird.
0: But I want they, to be they on have a record. better roster, like they have a better roster than the chiefs.
2: I want yeah, I want to be on the record of saying Mahomes, in my estimation, is the greatest quarterback of all time, is not close.
1: Would you guys say the Patrick Mahomes is him?
0: <laughs>
1: I'd say he's Timothy. Yeah, he is. Bill <laughs> Burrow was claiming that I have I'm a
0: seventeen-year-old son. I deal with this shit all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Get him in like it, every, every time he scores a it. touchdown on you in Madden. He says he's him. There's so many people that are him now that how
0: can anyone be him or them? Like, uh, like the, the people that are them and him are
1: the non-hims. <laughs> yeah. How's your son doing? By the way, he's a Giants fan. Was he? Uh, how did he do with that rug pull? He was good. Two,
0: two drives in, he said, "Yeah, this is going to be it."
3: <laughs> this is this is an <laughs> he, he looked at Daniel yeah I was gonna say look Daniel Jones I know him when I see him and yeah. him ain't him yeah does <laughs> your son think Daniel Jones is him no
0: he does not even want them to extend him but okay, good um no, that no. that that's a
2: that's a stark departure from the last time I talked with you, son. yeah I mean, <laughs> he thought Daniel Jones was the truth
1: yeah. <laughs> uh speaking of the truth we're almost out of time but who? Who, who's the truth in DFS in this game? Who's the Juwan Jennings? Who's the Quez Watkins? Who is making us wretch uh, in this game as we play the Rich,
2: you know, Rich said Tyler Boyd, and, he got, and that's he got correct. The good one.
3: He got the good one. That's,
2: that, <laughs> that, that, that's correct. He's going to be on the field a lot. There's going to be a lot of short passing here. Uh, Burrow had a low A dot when they faced them in Week 13. Boyd should have had a touchdown in that game. Like it was a, I mean, if I remember correctly, it was a horrific touchdown drop. That it day. was. It was right. one of
1: the worst of the season. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. So. It was yeah. one of those
0: ones where it was so easy. Boy. He definitely was thinking about it on the way.
1: Like, that's yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right.
2: um, so, yeah, I actually, like, after this conversation, I feel like I'm going to have 100% exposure to Tyler Boyd. There you go.
3: Uh, so here's a strategy Pat Crane and I used on our DFS show as we answered questions, and just whoever people were asking questions about, like, oh, that guy's going to come in lower-owned than any projection site thinks. Everyone's like... Oh, should I really be playing DeAndre Swift this week or whatever? Like, we'd be like, "Oh, people are terrified of DeAndre Swift." Uh, Rotopat, Denny, Rich, in that order. Who are you playing at quarterback? Because if this is the this is the Mahomes poll, who are you playing?
2: Who am I gonna play this weekend? Uh, if I had to choose one, I'm I'm go- I'm choosing Hurts.
1: I said I'm gonna I'm gonna do Mahomes or Hertz. I'm not gonna fall for in the Purdy trap, Burrow, mm-hmm. Just like I can't Galaxy Brain. I, everything I do will be Galaxy Brain based. I'm probably gonna end up going with Mahomes, just assuming people are terrified of playing him. And as we discussed, he is the uh, best football player on the entire planet Earth. So, Rich,
3: oh, I'm playing Burrow for sure. You guys party? all chose different ones. There's no. All right, I'm playing Purdy. That's and I it. say play oh, Purdy. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting. There's like a pretty fascinating case, if you like, to be made yeah. for all four of them. Hey, a Niners mega
2: stack is fun. I, I've I've toyed around with that, and uh, you have what do you have? You have Purdy Kittle. Uh Juwan Jennings. And then you do a and run back,
1: back with Quez Watkins and,
0: and Debo. Debo. DraftKings hasn't changed Debo's price for like since yeah. like week seven. He's yeah, been like sub 6K. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean uh, DraftKings price uh pricing is
2: super soft. Like uh uh Dallas Goddard is 4100
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's on FanDuel, it's it's almost impossible to like play Kelsey. It's so hard to play Kelsey on FanDuel. It's so hard yeah. to build an effective line. He's the same price as Jamar Chase. Wow.
3: Oh, wow. so hard to log into FanDuel. It's weird how yes it's, We don't know if so their contest late.
0: will run either.
1: Uh, oh, come so. on. <laughs> come on, man. Uh, no P. Ryan love, by the way. Oh, yeah. I was
3: going to bring him up, but I thought maybe we hey, could attack bring him playerback position. Him up. And, uh, well, yeah, he, gets he was two on the minutes, he gets, Yeah,
2: the two-minute drill drive, uh, snaps, you know, things of that nature.
3: I he ran guys. like 18 routes on 39 burrow dropbacks, I believe. He was on the field for over half. He pass blocks a little, which is to be expected, but like... It's, a, it's another like Eli Mitchell play. I don't think you're ever capturing a 100-yard game uh, on the ground with either of those guys, but like Rich said, like, it is hard to get up to Kelsey plus Mahomes or Hurts and then A.J. Brown, also expensive. CMC, you want to play him? Like I, I could even play both 49ers running backs because you're not playing at either Samaj P. Ryan or Elijah Mitchell because you think you're getting a 30-burger. You think the only way to build the rest of the best plays is with this meh running back play. So, yeah, I could do some P. Ryan.
2: P. Ryan saw eight targets, uh, and of course Mixon was was out for the Week 13 game against Kansas City, but he saw eight targets, so maybe that speaks highly of of Mixon because obviously Mixon is going to mix in as a lead back here.
1: Mick, hey, no pun intended. I
2: I, man, I just realized what I said. (laughs) Uh,
1: Nick Rich made a pretty good point with Burrow. The more I think, he like he's the of the four quarterbacks, he's the one who like needs the least to happen. For like his ceiling day to come true, like the, he has yeah. the fewest variables. And I say about the man playing with a left tackle making a second career appearance at left
0: tackle. Um,
1: but it's I feel like all greater. three of
0: all three of the non-Purdy guys are gonna be like twenty-five percent plus. Though it's just the way it's gonna shake out. I mean, the, the stuff I'm looking at, and it's it's granted, it's only uh, Thursday, so you can keep an eye on those things. But I mean, every all three of those guys are projecting for twenty-five plus ownership. So
1: it's 49ers mega stacks. The only choice basically. Yeah. Um,
0: if you, I mean, if you really want to be contrarian, you also could be dead at, uh, you know, 4 30 PM or, or no 5 sure. 30. Cause the game's
1: at, Yeah, well, hold on. Which game's the second game is the chiefs game, right? Yeah. yeah I'm just going to go all in on the chiefs game. Cause I don't want to be dead already. <laughs> like before, <laughs> before it's dark. Uh, you so, want hope? Yeah. I want hope. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Denny. I know this oh. may shock you. Um, all right. I out. guess i May shock our audience that this wonderful episode of Rotoral Football Show is over. I don't think they're that
3: shocked. They <laughs> they we seem did. to know it's about. Nine. Yeah, we
1: just did sixty six minutes on two games. Folks. Hey, you know, uh, there's some coach talk in there, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we got to talk about some IGP Ryan. This is pretty yeah. simple. That's, That's right. We, no show until we do that. I mean, it's essentially an, it's an extension
0: of the showdown <laughs> slate. It's something goofy's going to happen. Uh, my best teams last week were Kenneth Gainwell teams. And I literally only played him so I could jam Kelsey, and it was not even a good play. There was no- <laughs> <laughs> it's lucky stuff's going to happen when you condense the slate, this small, yes. uh, and, and there will be a lot of chopping of pots probably too in the smaller field stuff.
1: So, Rich, we're so thankful you could join us today. What do you got going? What do you want to tell the listeners about?
0: Another, uh, I'm I'm, I've, I've written up uh, all. What have we done? Two hundred and like eighty games to this point. I can't remember. there's only one left for me to write up. Uh, and then obviously, ever the, the NFL season's so cyclical, it just will be immediately jumping into like prospect stuff and dynasty content. Uh, we don't even get a break. I saw people already drafting best ball teams for next I year. Know, like I know. we need just a little, just a little pause. Give me just one yes. small piece where I could right. reset, reset the, the the track here, man. Kyle, I'm
2: begging your generation. <laughs> Who just let us rest. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. It's <laughs> not what they do. It's not We're what they do. Please, for everything. So, Rich Rebar is, of course, at Lord Reebs, R E E B S on Twitter, not Roto Reebs, <laughs> one of the essential follows and writers in the entire industry. Rich, thank you so much for joining us. For Denny Carter, for Kyle Dvorak, I am Patrick Darty. Thank you for listening. We'll be back Sunday night to break down what we just saw on Sunday.